You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Matt Walsh getting it completely wrong about Scientologist Danny Masterson and Russell Brand's allegations. Why is it that Republicans are constantly defending rapists? Charged, convicted, and sentenced, and Republican thought leaders are still defending them. That should tell you something. Danny Masterson's charges are extremely similar to Bill Cosby's, but they didn't defend Cosby. That's interesting, isn't it? People at a recent Trump rally having absolutely no understanding of how government works. Doesn't really matter anyways. It's a cult that's formed around him. The cult existed for longer than you'd think. The anti-vax world's getting really detailed in their conspiracy theories. It's actually fascinating to watch him explain contradictory beliefs. We also take voicemails if you want to leave a voicemail. The number is 1-800-701-8573. Speaking of enemy combatants, uh, that's what these people are. They have taken over a country. These people being anybody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport. They have affected a Marxist coup d'etat. These are the real insurrectionists who have committed sedition, seditious conspiracy to overthrow the government, a government that, by the way, is designed to be representative of the people and is now cracking down on and crushing the people. That's me and that's you, by the way. Those seditionists to whom he's referring, me and you. Think about what he says next in reference to us. Judiciary has failed us. The legal process has failed us. The voting process has failed us. Uh, the, the legal process has failed us. And so I think that right now what Americans need to be exploring is our extra legal options. That is Stu Peters. If you don't know him, he's an extremely well-known and influential far-right extremist. If you don't know him, it's because you're not like in those circles or whatever, but he's got upwards of a million followers probably across all of his platforms. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Significantly more influential than me. He's got the Stu Peters Network, SPN, where he hosts a whole bunch of nutcases that say nutty stuff and blah, blah, blah. Person on the right here is a state representative in Arizona, Wendy Rogers. Disgusting, dude. Being on this program with him unapologetically and going back for more should be enough to have her removed as a traitor to the country because he's spoken treasonous words here, right? Insane. Anyway, I got a voicemail about it. I want to listen to this, see what they say. Hi, my name is uh, Andrew. I live in the state of Wisconsin, the town of Dewey, Um I was just listening to your uh, to your video about a last video about Stu Peters, and I was wondering um, how likely would it be for the for certain red states to secede from the union? I mean, I know it's probably not likely at all, but I was just wondering, like, what's your take on it? How likely do you think it would be for like? like deep, deep red states to possibly secede? And uh, and uh, what do you think would happen if they did? Um, and a YouTuber I would recommend you maybe covering is uh, 
I don't usually let endorsements of YouTubers go by, but I'll let this one go by. Go ahead. Uh, Caitlin Bennett. She is a she's a conservative YouTuber and all that. I actually know who she is, also known as Gun Girl and also known as Poop Girl. Don't ask why. Don't ask me why. I'm not going to explain it. Just go find out. Gun Girl. She famously took pictures at her prom or somewhere else with. A, an AR-15 strapped to her back or some other thing like that. It's just disturbing as it gets. Anyway, thank you for the recommendation on Caitlin, on Caitlin Bennett there. The YouTuber and all that. And I was thinking she'd be an interesting topic for one of your shows if, you, if you're into that kind of stuff. So, yeah, anyway, uh, have a good, that's all I got to say. Have a good day. Appreciate it. Sorry, I meant I don't usually take recommendations publicly for YouTubers that agree with me that I should watch or that my audience should watch or whatever. Caitlin Bennett could be an interesting one to talk about on stream, though. As a matter of fact, I'm going to write that down. As far as the secession question, will states try to secede from the Union? And what will happen when they do? The answer is Texas has been trying to and talking about seceding from the United States government for since they joined practically for like ever it's always something that somebody is talking about down there it's not going to happen if they try to secede it's it's illegal it was made illegal after the union absorbed the confederacy if they do attempt to split off and secede that way they will immediately be invaded by our military and treated like a hostile force. Everybody in the government removed, maybe received the death penalty because those are the only two cases in which the death penalty is acceptable according to the U.S. Constitution, I believe, treason and murder. Any politicians who stood for this would be probably jailed and or killed. All National Guard members in the state would be repatriated to the federal government and assigned to take out any officials that disagreed with their decision to whatever. It's not happening, ever. That is what we fought the war over. And for the record, the red states can try to secede from society all they want, like the way that Stu Peter says we need to do something extra legal or whatever. Go nuts. Guess what? You try to secede from the union? You know what? Forget all of the other stuff. Let's say it goes well for you. And the federal government lets you go. Let's say they let you leave. You know what happens next? Nothing. Because you don't have any treaties with any countries. You don't have your own currency or federal reserve or laws or Supreme Court, or any of that stuff. You don't have your own CIA, your own terrorist units to prevent terrorism, like the FBI. You don't have any of that stuff. The United States has infrastructure that it has spent 250 years building up. You think you're going to walk away with that infrastructure? No, if you secede, you don't get any of it. You don't get those trade deals. Oh, and by the way, 
there's one more thing I want to cross by you, any states that want to secede. You are subsidized by blue states. California's economy is bigger than some small countries' economies. They bring in more money for the United States government than I think any other state California does. Manhattan alone, just Manhattan, the, the island of Manhattan, has more people on it at any given moment than the entire state of Oklahoma. Good luck. 1.65 million people live on Manhattan, I think, but about 4 million people cross through Manhattan on a daily basis. Tourists, commuters, so on and so forth. Good luck. It's going to fail miserably. And I don't know how they don't see that, honestly. I really don't. Blows me away. But fascinatingly, here we have another example of Stu Peters and Candace Taylor brazenly calling for violence. Isn't this illegal? Late August 2023. I'm so tired of talking about it. It's time that we do something about it. And what that something looks like, I'm not sure. He knows exactly what it looks like. He knows exactly what he's aiming for, what he wants. He knows what he wants this to look like at the end of it, and he knows how to get there. He's trying to get people whipped into a blood frenzy enough to get them to do what he wants them to do, i.e., he doesn't want to do it. He wants your ass to do it. That's what he's saying here, really. And that we do something about it. And what that something looks like, I'm not sure. But I do know that there was a precedent, again, set by the people who liberated this country by making tremendous sacrifices, including their own blood and guts spilled all over the ground, all over the dirt while they left their families home. I don't know what that looks like and then proceeds to describe the Founding Fathers suffering terribly and dying a bloody death. Knowing what would happen should the enemy have come across a village or a town or a settlement where their families were, where their children were, with their wives, trying to survive, trying to defeat a monarchy that had them outgunned and outnumbered and was outmaneuvering them tactically. Well, that's not strictly true. I mean... The United States had France on their side, and that's basically the only way that we won. Um, they were outmaneuvering us in the Revolutionary War for a short time in certain ways, but, you know, we won that war. So there's only so much you can claim they were outmaneuvering us or whatever. Oh, and by the way, the reason they were outmaneuvering us for a while there was because we had a traitor in our midst, Benedict Arnold, among others and was outmaneuvering them tactically. I do know that there is a heart and a soul and a heartbeat of this country that was founded under God by Christians who made those sacrifices. No, Stu, no. Literally, no to all of that. None of that is true. The United States was not founded by Christians. It was not built on Christian principles like he seems to believe under God, by Christians, who made those sacrifices. And until we prove that... Oh, and Christians didn't make those sacrifices. You know who made those sacrifices? Military fighters, the French. That's who made those sacrifices. You think Christians were the ones doing all the fighting? No. I mean, some, probably. But no, 
Not really. And until we prove that we are ready to make sacrifices of equal proportion, we should not consider ourselves to be entitled to inherit the country that they liberated. You catch that? Until we're willing to do exactly what they did and experience the same level of pain and anguish and blah, blah, blah that they felt, we shouldn't be allowed to inherit this country. He's saying, we don't deserve this country. We deserve to create a new one. So we need to break off and do it. He's trying to motivate his gullible suckers to do something psychotic. He may well succeed at that, too, actually. He's extremely influential, as I said. Anyway, absolutely psychotic, dude. And I, I actually got a voicemail that leads out of that perfectly. Check this voicemail out here. Hi, Owen. My name is Liv, and I want to ask if in Christianity and Judaism, is there like a thing where if you become an atheist or any other religion, they'll kill you? Like a kind of apostasy? So let me rephrase. In Judaism or Christianity, is there a rule where if you become an apostate, they'll kill you? Okay. Keep, uh, I'll keep listening and see what you have to say. That kind of apostasy? Because my dad was saying how, like, oh, Muslims do that or whatever, and sometimes... Muslims do that, yeah. And I was just curious if that was true or if they do that in Christianity or Judaism because he said no. Thanks. I appreciate it. Well, here's, here's the deal with the whole Muslim thing. Muslims in the UK, in Europe, and, you know, other countries, France and blah, 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 even Middle Eastern countries, uh, some of them, are... Kind of like Mexicans are in America. They're shunned, they're hated, they're made fun of, they're called illegal aliens, so on and so forth, right? You see a Mexican, you automatically assume, as Donald Trump said, they're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, so on and so forth, right? Most people don't think that. Most people just live their lives and assume that they're living their lives too, just like everybody else. But there is a small but loud contingent of people in America obsessed with Mexicans and the goings-on with them. And there's a loud and small contingent of people obsessed with Muslims in Europe who will do absolutely anything to demonize them. Now, Islam is a deeply damaging religion, about as harmful as it gets, not not good by any stretch of the imagination. They do have honor killings. They do have murders. They do have all kinds of other crazy things that are not good. They do put out fatwas on people who preach about or who talk about apostasy or whatever other thing. That happens. And the reason that that happens is because Christianity and Judaism largely went through a reformation where they started to realize that anti-intellectualism and zealotry like that works against society rather than furthers it, Islam doesn't seem to have had that reformation yet or, or that realization that if we use technology to our benefit, if we work with other people, if we build this and that, if we build things on empiric or empiricism, and science and all that other stuff, we will get further in life. 
Now, you can still believe in Islam and all of that stuff, but you don't have to go down this deep rabbit hole of cutting people's hands off if they steal a piece of fruit or a grape from a, a grocery store or throwing acid in the face of people who don't want to wear a full burqa, just a hijab, or refusing to allow little girls to go to school or, or any of that other stuff. It never received the same reformation that Christianity did. So, yes, there are problems in Islam. But I want to make it clear that I'm not going to demonize Muslims the same way that Republicans demonize Mexicans. They're still people. Individually, we have no right to assume that they're dangerous or evil or any of that stuff simply because of the religion that they hold, the, the religious beliefs that they hold. Anyways, yeah, Islam right now is more dangerous than Christianity and Judaism at this immediate moment. That could flip very quickly and easily in a split second. It just kind of depends on like how the world moves forward and how which countries and which religions gain reformation, lose reformation, so on and so forth. To be clear, I am not defending Islam. I would never defend Islam. I'm trying to point out that Islam is deeply harmful, but Islamic people are not. I live around a ton of Muslims. My kid goes to school with a Muslim. I don't like the fact that she wears a hijab. I don't like the fact that on occasion, not commonly, but sometimes in Manhattan, I will see somebody wearing a full burqa with like the face mask and everything, and they'll have a little kid in a full burqa right next to them. I don't like that. It's wrong. It's a violation of human rights, whether those humans know that or not. I'm not defending Islam. It's a damaging religion. It hasn't gone through a reformation like Christianity or Judaism has. But I'm not going to demonize them or marginalize them the same way that Republicans demonize and marginalize Mexicans in the United States. So there you go. No defense of Islam. I appreciate that there are ex Muslims speaking out against Islam on YouTube. And I wouldn't even mind collaborating with them one of these days. But Muslims are people too. And uh, just like Jehovah's Witnesses are. I have the same policy about Muslims as I do about Jehovah's Witnesses. I think the religion is absolutely fucking disgusting in every way. And it needs to be torn down from the top down. No questions asked. But I also feel empathy for the people on the inside and want to help them find their way out safely and with a minimal amount of mental anguish. And I know that demonizing Muslim people individually isn't the way to do that. Anyway, hopefully that gave a little uh, context to it. Uh, thank you for the uh, voicemail. Texas v. White of 1867 makes secession illegal. Oh, thank you for the uh, the lawsuit name. I, I didn't know which one that was. I appreciate that. Did you hear about what happened to Lauren Boebert? Or what Lauren Boebert did recently? 
make a fool of herself in a public theater. You know, who hasn't grabbed it in a theater before? I, I gotta say, this dude's done it. No, I'm just kidding. I've never, never grabbed a in a theater. But I don't blame Bobert for having fun. I blame her for doing it in a crowded theater with children around in an inappropriate place and for being obnoxious about it and for preaching about family values at the same time. The party of morality has none. You know, I don't care about Lauren Boebert's behavior. If you don't know, she recently was watching a play of Beetlejuice with some dude that she was dating or something. And this is all caught on CCTV footage. It happened at the family-friendly show Beetlejuice. Surveillance video shows Bobert vaping and behaving disruptively with her. Yeah, she's being obnoxious, and people around her are asking her to shut the fuck up, right? That's what it was all about. Just be quiet, please. We're trying to enjoy a show here, right? Companion in the theater, they were escorted out. Bobert blamed her actions on her pending divorce. And she throws the finger up at people. Uh, that's not all she did. They just talked about her being disruptive. Security video from a weekend performance of Beetlejuice, where the congresswoman was kicked out of the theater for being disruptive. The DCPA says she was vaping. Bobert's team denied that, said the haze was from fog machines in the show. I don't really care about any of this stuff. I don't care about her vaping. That claim goes up in smoke when you see the video. Yeah, she was vaping in the theater. You know what I care about? She was violating the rules at the theater. I don't have any rules in my house that say I can't vape. I'm perfectly allowed to. The pregnant woman sitting behind Bobert told the Denver Post she asked her to stop vaping, and Bobert refused. Her one-woman show continued, taking flash photos, raising her hands and dancing, often the only one clapping. Uh, being an obnoxious idiot in a quiet theater. Or standing up in the crowd. Bobert occasionally took a break from being disruptive to enjoy the company of her male companion. He briefly had a grasp on the situation before ushers returned. So he... You know, he grabbed her and told Bobert she had to leave. He grabbed her and she grabbed him. In fact, she grabbed him with one hand and then grabbed him with both hands. Really got in there from my understanding. So now, you know, like the story, that's basically what happened. I don't have a problem with any of those things, truthfully, except for the fact that a she's being disruptive. B, there's a pregnant woman behind her watching all of this unfold and asking her to stop. So that's when you just stop. And C, you don't do that in a crowded theater. And D, you don't do that if you're preaching family values nonstop in Congress as a congressman. Just a joke, man. Simply a joke. This woman is a joke. And she's this close to being taken out of office. This close. We could have her out permanently within the next election if we vote hard enough. Seriously, she was only a few hundred votes away from losing. She almost didn't make it. Adam Frisch almost won. So if you're in her district in Colorado, get out there and vote for real. Vote her out. Now if we can get Marjorie Taylor Greene out of office or Matt Gates or whoever else or, or some of the traitors, Paul Gosar, I believe he's running uncontested. So uh, this is my cameo. I started a cameo recently, and to my knowledge, it's just cameo.com slash Owen Morgan Telltale. So if you guys want a cameo from me, personalized message, birthday message, anything at all, whatever.
Let me know. Messages are free. It, they were three dollars. Uh, if they start getting abused or taken advantage of, then I'm gonna have to put a price on it. Maybe ninety nine cents. Just you know, keep it about cameo, not about other things. Basically, this isn't a good place to discuss other stuff. Uh, you can do personal video for fifteen bucks. So yeah, pretty cheap. If you guys want to, uh, if you want to do that, it would be very appreciated. But <laughs> I, I want to be careful because the person who said this might be here. So let me just put it this way: I was propositioned recently to send a picture of my feet to somebody, and I got to thinking: Should I? The answer, sadly, is no. I can't. I cannot justify that. I can't do it. I would love to. But I, after they sent me that message, they also asked if I'd make DMs free, and so I did. I'm not sending anybody my feed pics. Sorry, guys. Next, we're going to talk about Matt Walsh getting it completely wrong about Scientologist Danny Masterson and Russell Brand's allegations. Why is it that Republicans constantly defend rapists, charged, convicted, and sentenced, and Republican thought leaders are still defending them? That should tell you something. Danny Masterson's charges are extremely similar to Bill Cosby's, but they didn't defend Cosby. That's interesting, isn't it? We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. For those of you who are unfamiliar, this is Matt Walsh. He's a host on The Daily Wire, works for Ben Shapiro, and he works with Michael Knowles and all of those other people, right? Well, he's kind of branded himself as a scumbag. I'm not, you know, trying to insult the guy. That's just how he wants to be known in society. And he had some things to say about the Danny Masterson case, or the, the Scientology case, where Danny Masterson did that stuff to all those poor women. I got to ask, like, why is it that the far right is always the group that's defending rapists? Why? Somebody please tell me why that is. It's just right now, Russell Brand is going through a situation I don't know if you know Russell Brand. He's another far-right nutcase. Uh, if you don't know Russell Brand, he's going to be on screen in a second. This is him right here. Russell Brand has been accused of attacking somebody in the same exact way, basically, for all intents and purposes. I don't know the details, and I'm not going to give them because it's a little too much for my audience. It's too much for any audience, honestly. But anyway, Russell Brand has been accused, right? So... What does Matt Walsh do? Comes out here and defends him. Why? Why are you defending somebody from an accusation of like this? You know the, the correct position? The correct position logically is, I don't know. Until you get the facts. And this guy isn't going with, I don't know. He's going with, I do know what happened 20 years ago or 10 or however long and he's innocent that's what this guy seems to be saying so let's listen to it he starts out with danny masterson somebody who's been tried convicted and sentenced for 30 years for the heinous crimes that he committed against women multiple more than one he defends that and then he moves on to russell brand so let's give this a listen 
and we're going to go through it. And I'll, we'll point out some uh, some points here. Danny Masterson is an actor who most people haven't thought about for a long time, if at all. Uh, by all accounts, his career peaked all the way back in 2006 with the conclusion of the sitcom That 70s Show. Fair enough, yes. But a few years ago, all of a sudden, Masterson's name was everywhere. That's because in March of 2017, the year that the uh, hashtag MeToo movement began in earnest, Masterson was accused of sexual assault by three women. He wasn't accused of sexual assault by three women in 2017. Literally nothing about that is correct. He was accused of by these three women, at least three, all the way back then, 2003, 2004, 2006, that era. And I hear you saying to yourself, how can we trust that this is even real? Well, there are detailed police reports from the time that describe exactly how this happened. They explained it in detail. Their stories have been consistent throughout the years. And guess what? Eight to ten women total have come forward about Danny Masterson. And all of their stories roughly match the Jane Doe's, the people whose names were not released to the public. None of this information was released to the public until very recently. Despite not having that information available, all of their stories matched each other roughly. They didn't know each other. Well, a couple of them probably knew each other. They didn't really know each other, and they didn't have the benefit of hearing each other's stories beforehand, and somehow they all matched each other. Why is he defending a rapist? This guy is a rapist. I don't know how else to put this. Why is it always the far right defending rapists? He's leading with false information. They didn't come forward in 2017. There weren't two women. There were eight to ten. You know why they couldn't include those other women? Why they could only include those two? Because those two women, in their accounts, Danny Masterson used a gun or some other forcible means to do what he was doing, and that falls into a different category. He drugged all of them, but drugging somebody and doing that doesn't count as forcible and thus has a statute of limitations. If it's a forcible attack, there is no statute of limitations. So they could only get him on two of them because only two were considered forcible despite the drugging, legally speaking. That's why there are like 10 victims or something. And he only got charged for what he did to two of them. Again, I ask, A, why didn't you look up the facts and actually get the correct information on this case? And B, why are you defending a rapist? I don't understand. Okay, so let's listen to this guy keep going. We're 23 seconds in, baby. Movement began in earnest. Masterson was accused of sexual assault by three women. In Completely false. response, without waiting for a trial, Netflix summarily fired Masterson from his role as a series regular on one of their uh, shows. I don't remember the specifics, but I think Ashton Kutcher was running a TV show called The Ranch, and Ashton Kutcher felt compelled to fire Danny Masterson, though he knew the women personally that were accusing him. He thought that for the show's good, for Netflix's good, for Danny's good, for everyone's good, it's better that he, he separate himself 
from all this stuff until the air is cleared, basically. To my knowledge, I, I could be wrong. I don't believe that it was Netflix that made that choice. It was Ashton Kutcher who led it, who's like Danny's best friend. But okay. Uh, by the way, there's absolutely no doubt that Danny did this. Zero. Beyond a reasonable doubt, this has been established in a court of law, and he's received 30 years in prison for it. He won't be out until he's 72 on good behavior. He did it. I just don't know why Matt Walsh is defending it. As a series regular on one of their uh, shows, and three years later, in the summer of 2020, Masterson was formally charged with three in Los Angeles, a jurisdiction that, of course, believes all women. Fascinatingly, this little piece of propaganda almost slipped by me. The saying is, believe women, not believe all women. Nobody thinks that you should believe all women without question. But the far right changed the saying, like in this case, why are we even doubting these women when they have corroborating stories and they have evidence and the whole nine yards? Why are we doubting what they say in the first place? Of course, there are women that are unbelievable. And those situations are hopefully passed through the court system and dismissed. And maybe even that woman charged with filing a false police report, among other things. Nobody should ever believe something or somebody without question, but this is the exact same type of propaganda that the KKK used to use to bring moderates over to their side. White moderates moving over to the KKK's side against the black community back from 1920 to 1990. How they're still doing it now, and this is a good example of it. I mean, look at the phrase, Black Lives Matter. What's the response to that on the right? All lives matter. Well, when people say Black Lives Matter, they're not saying white lives don't matter. The saying really means Black Lives Matter too, in addition to every other life. Everybody's life is important. That's what the phrase means. Black Lives Matter too. Believe women. Don't toss out the allegation without investigating it, especially when there's such overwhelming, damning evidence, like in the case of Bill Cosby, or in the case of Danny Masterson, or Russell Brand, honestly. The far right has always used this as a technique to pull moderates over to their side. Say something that everybody can agree with. Everybody's life matters. Not just black people's lives, everybody's lives. Yes. No, we shouldn't believe all women without question. Of course not. Everybody can agree with that. And without any further, deeper thought into what's happening, suddenly, the moderates, the people in the middle, who aren't really politically involved, are moving over to the far right who came up with this pr propaganda technique. To my knowledge... This propaganda technique doesn't have a name, but I'm going to come up with a name for it. Give me a second to think up a name. Hang on. I'm, I'm coming up with a name on the spot right now. I mean, fundamentally, the propaganda technique is based on taking things to extremes to bring over people in the center so that they agree with you. So the name should have something to do with extremes and people in the center or moderates. You know what? I think I'm going to call it the everybody can agree propaganda technique. That's what I'll say. That's what we'll call it. 
everybody can agree propaganda because everybody can agree with the the statements being made here it's a cute little trick that people have been using for a hundred years or more and i honestly should have recognized it the moment that i saw this clip from this guy unfortunately i didn't catch it my editor caught it and pointed it out to me and now i'm sitting here recording a brand new piece for this video just to point out this propaganda technique that he did nice try of slipping it by almost got it past me okay it has nothing to do with believing all women all of these facts were established in 2004 2005 2006 whenever they happened the three jane does that he's referring to right now the three charges they were scientologists and they reported it to scientology when it happened and the Scientology ethics officer said, don't say a word. You know why? It's not possible for a boyfriend to a girlfriend. And in at least two of the cases, he was dating these girls, even though they said, stop, please. I don't want any of this. You, you know, I feel like I've been drugged. And then he pulled out a gun from his headboard thing or whatever and forced the situation to continue. Despite all of that, they believed Scientology internally. It wasn't, I, I think it took a couple of months. Uh, they eventually got around to like reporting it to the police in 2004, a couple months after it happened. And you know what happened? The ethics officer calls him up and says, you're f***ed. That's what he said to them, to at least one of them. You're f***ed. I mean, these, these women had to deal with stuff like having bleach poured in their lawn so that it would kill their gardens and their grass. By who? Who can say? No, but we'll never know for sure, I suppose, huh? They leave Scientology, or more accurately, they're kicked out because they accused one of their high-ranking members of this stuff, and suddenly bleach is poured in their lawn as a, an intimidation tactic to make him stop testifying. Wonder who it could have been. We'll never know. Point is, Matt Walsh is coming in here half-cocked, or no-cocked, or whole-cocked. I don't know. Some cocks are in there somewhere. And he's giving us false information about this and defending a rapist. I cannot overstate what he's doing right now. Keep listening. Three rapes in Los Angeles, a jurisdiction that, of course, believes all women actually it's a jurisdiction that is full of scientologists and refused to take down the report for a while the reports just kind of got buried mysteriously for a long long time but they're there if you dig long enough you can see when they were first filed because the lapd has scientologists in it their fingerprints are all over this situation and i have made an enemy of scientology in the past week. I'm making an even bigger enemy of them right now. Let's keep going. Prosecutor said that one occurred in 2001, another in early 2003, and a third in late 2003. Now, right off the bat, the timeline raises- Okay, I, I'm not really sure that that's accurate. Again, don't believe a word out of his mouth. He's already like gotten so much stuff wrong that nothing he's said so far is trustworthy, but okay, let's keep listening and a third in late 2003. Now, right off the bat, the timeline raises some obvious questions. For one thing, how is it possible to prove a beyond a reasonable doubt 20 years after the fact? 
Well, there are a number of possibilities. Corroborating evidence, like corroborating testimonies. Say we got 10 other women who don't know each other, never spoken before, and they tell the exact same story of what happened to them, and it matches what your person that you're working with described. That's a fantastic way. Having a report from the time describing this stuff and having a perfectly consistent story the entire time, knowing that at the time, Danny had a habit of throwing parties at his house and inviting cast members and members of Scientology over. So we had corroborating testimony. We had a reason for those women to be there. And they were, in fact, there. Nobody is denying that they were at his house that night or any of that stuff. I believe that his defense is just that it was consensual. There are a ton of reasons to believe this, but you know what? It doesn't matter. He was tried, convicted, and sentenced beyond a reasonable doubt. He has been sentenced to 30 years in prison by the court. He's guilty. Why are you defending a rapist? I don't understand. Why is it that these people always want to defend rapists? In the absence of any physical evidence of violence or drugging. Now, you might think that the accusers... No, oh, hang on now. Get, listen to this again. ...of any physical evidence of violence or drugging. In the absence of physical evidence? No, there was physical evidence. The physical evidence was the testimonies of the other people under oath and the, the testimony of the person that this happened to all the way back in 2004. I'm talking the police report that was written up 15 years ago. That's physical evidence. Hearsay evidence is when somebody wasn't actually there to witness something happen, but they can testify to having heard them say this thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about first-person testimonial evidence. These people experienced it too, the exact same situations. They didn't even know each other, and it all happened in the exact same way, and they testified on her behalf. The only reason he wasn't charged for them was because drugging somebody is not considered forcible. Probably should be, but it's not, and that means there's a statute of limitations on it. Just disgusting that this dude is... Why? Just tell me why. Why are we here right now? Why is he defending this? By the way, I got a lot of my information from a YouTuber named Aaron, SPTV. Growing up in Scientology is the YouTube channel. He's got a whole network called SPTV. He's really good. So, yeah, check him out if you want to. He's got a super interesting YouTube channel. Anyway, let's keep listening to Matt Walsh defend a rapist. Why? Got me? Now, you might think that the accusers must have had airtight stories. They did, yes. But that's not true in this case. No, it is true. They had airtight stories. In fact, one of the accusers previously told authorities that Masterson had not her. She says that she only realized years later that she was... Okay, let me explain what happened there. She went to the ethics officer and explained to the ethics... I mean, the, the Scientology ethics officer what happened. The ethics officer said, oh, yeah, that 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 wasn't because it's impossible for a boyfriend to do that to a girlfriend. So 
you know, like in the 1950s, where it was impossible for a husband to do that to a wife. That's the type of situation Scientology views this as, apparently. So she didn't feel like what happened was what it was. But let me tell you a little something about trauma. You know, there was a time when I was young, I was a 13, 14-year-old kid, and I had a very violent father. And I had a shelf in my room that fit under my doorknob that I, it was, you know, it, it only had a few books on it or almost no books. I could drag it over in front of my, my door and sit in front of it. And when my dad tried to open the door to get to me, it would kind of dig into the carpet because I was sitting in front of it, you know? My dad would bang on the door and scream and everything. Sometimes he caught me outside of my room and I didn't have a chance to get that shelf in front of my door. You know what? I didn't view that as trauma at the time. Something you don't know about trauma, if you haven't really been through it before, it doesn't really surface. The, the long-lasting effects don't hit you, really hit you, until later. Because during that time, you're in survival mode. You're trying to figure out how to get out of the situation and stay alive. And a lot of the time, you blame yourself for the situation. You know, I blamed myself for the fact that I, I pissed my dad off over some stupid thing. I was changing the trash too loud. When I whipped the trash bag, it was too loud or something. Or I was loading the dishwasher too loud or something. He had a thing about loud stuff, I guess. Hated whistling. I blamed myself for all this stuff. When you're in the situation, you blame yourself for this stuff. And it's not until... You come out of the situation that you realize exactly what happened. So yeah, the Scientology ethics officer said, that's not possible for a boyfriend to do to a girlfriend. So give it up. But from one trauma survivor to another, I know exactly what she experienced. It took me about three years before I recognized what my dad did and how truly messed up it was. So anyways, I don't care how long it took her to realize what Danny Masterson did. If she describes what he did, and it matches our definitions, and it doesn't change over the years, which it didn't, then that's what it was. Originally thought it was consensual, and then years after the fact, changed her mind. All this explains why late last year, the jury deadlocked. There was a mistrial. According to the foreman on that jury, they were leaning towards acquittal on every count. And he said, well, the foreman of the jury actually lied to get there. There were a lot of issues with that foreman. He, you know, he had been affiliated with the police before. He said he hadn't. His son had been in that very courtroom for that very charge shortly beforehand, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I mean, there were a lot of issues with that foreman. Oh, yeah. And... They weren't allowed to actually say that they were drugged, but it was determined throughout the course of the trial that they were. And in the next trial, it was okay for them to actually say the term, I was drugged. Anyways, so he's trying to poke holes in this that are completely wrong. And again, why is he defending a rapist? I don't understand why this is happening. Why is he doing this? Why is it always the right that defends this stuff? Her mind. All this explains why late last year the jury deadlocked. There was a mistrial. 
According to the foreman on that jury, they were leaning towards acquittal on every count. And he said that the reason... Was this around the time that the the women were having bleach poured in their, their yard as an intimidation tactic? Is that when th this was happening, somewhere around that time? According to the foreman on that jury, they were leaning towards acquittal on every count. And he said that the reason for that is that they found the stories from the accusers to be inconsistent, contradictory, and implausible. Well, that's incorrect. They were perfectly consistent. They were not contradictory. And these things really did happen, even more recently than all the way back 15 years ago. Like I said, we got 8 to 10 women here that have a, an extremely similar story to each other that didn't all know each other beforehand, didn't have time to corroborate between them or whatever, and the stories never changed over time. This happened, okay? This dude's been tried, convicted, and sentenced. He did it. But then just a couple of weeks later, um, a couple of weeks ago, I should say, as you might have heard, Masterson was put on trial again. And this time around, the judge changed the rules. The judge allowed testimony that Masterson had drugged his victims, even though there was no physical evidence of that. In the first, it, like, it doesn't matter if there's physical evidence or not. If there are 10 women who go to these parties a lot, who are used to going to these types of parties, and who know that they can have four drinks, four shots, four beers, four wines, whatever, and they can be okay, they can be fine. Danny Masterson hands them an open beer, they drink half of it, and then they pass out and they wake up to a gun to the back of their head. They know that they were drugged. There's no other explanation. And by the way, again, this isn't the story of a single person. There's corroboration across multiple different people, like 8 to 10 people, telling the exact same story. Not talking to each other about it. Didn't even know each other necessarily. And they all had the same story. How about that? That's what happened. I don't care if they have, you know, a, like a kit where they can test their blood and see if there's GHB in it. That a toxicologist testify in front of, um, you know, in, like in the trial that it was likely GHB that was used, which leaves your system within hours. That's probably why it's used in those situations. Because if the person wakes up or when the person wakes up and gets to a hospital to be tested, the stuff will be out of their system. There will be no evidence that they were no physical hard hospital backed evidence that they were drugged but they were so anyway i mean think of what kind of a piece of garbage you have to be to sell roofies to somebody or to sell ghb or whatever or what kind of a piece of trash you have to be to manufacture it my god dude you've got to be the lowest piece of scum seriously that's almost as bad as defending a criminally tried, convicted, and sentenced best. And that one's pretty bad, too. Anyway, keep listening. ...that Masterson had drugged his victims, even though there was no physical evidence of that. In the first trial, the prosecution was only allowed to describe the condition of the, the, of the accusers after they consumed alcoholic beverages that Masterson gave them. Describe right, so they couldn't say, I was drugged, but they could say... I'm used to drinking four beers. I drank half of, a, of an open beer that Danny gave me, and I passed out. I, I blacked out. I don't, I don't remember anything after that. That's basically the same thing, right? The only difference is the ability that they had to say, I was drugged, those specific words. That's the only difference.
describing them as woozy and disoriented. They were not allowed to directly claim that the women were drugged because there was no evidence of that. There was no there was evidence of that. The evidence includes testimony of other people who have been through the firsthand testimony. Put it that way. It includes firsthand testimony. There's plenty of evidence of it. There's just not the type of evidence that he wants specifically. Evidence that their wooziness was the result of anything more than the alcohol they were drinking. But in the second trial, that kind of caution was thrown to the wind. And it wasn't a caution thing. It was a calculated decision based on the fact that there were a bunch of other people who had the exact same story and had no reason to have it line up with each other that way. And somehow, fascinatingly, it all lined up perfectly. And again, without any actual evidence, Masterson was accused of drugging his alleged victims. And that apparently did the trick. Masterson was convicted. Well, you know what really did the trick, in my opinion? Getting an unbiased jury in there. Getting a foreman who didn't have biases because his kid was in that courtroom sitting in that defendant's chair just, uh, I don't know, a couple of years earlier or something like that. I think getting a jury who would honestly look at the evidence is what did it, really. But anyway. Did after, re after the retrial, and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Now, you don't have to like Danny Masterson or know who he is or believe he's innocent to understand the implications of what happened to him. Danny Masterson's case... Right, you don't have to believe he's innocent to understand the implications of the case. Well, he's not innocent. He's been found guilty in a court of law beyond a reasonable doubt. And the judge even said in that case, 30 years after sentencing him to like 30 years in prison, I know that you're sitting here steadfast in your claims of innocence and thus no doubt feeling victimized by a justice system that's failed you. But Mr. Masterson, you are not the victim here. Your actions 20 years ago took away another person's voice and choice. One way or another, you will have to come to terms with your prior actions and their consequences. Let me tell you a little something about people like Danny Masterson or Bill Cosby or whoever. A lot of the time, they have a way, a twisted way of justifying their actions to themselves. Well, it isn't really like that because I blah, 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 because they deserved it or because I'm just getting, you know, it happened to me and I'm just getting even or I'm setting the world right or it wasn't that bad or any number of other justifications. So I'm sure Danny Masterson's probably sitting there thinking to himself, I'm completely innocent of this. But beyond reasonable doubt and with the aid and testimony of eight to ten different women that he did this to, they finally got a conviction and sentenced him to 30 years. He is guilty. He's guilty as it gets. Now, Matt Walsh, rapist defender, is going to continue on to defend Russell Brand against some new accusations. Give this a listen. It's proof that even in 2023, years after the hashtag MeToo hysteria has faded, hysteria, physical evidence of wrongdoing is not required to conduct. No, there is physical evidence. The physical evidence is the police reports that were written up back then. And we've got testimonials from people who've experienced the same things independently. There is evidence here. Vic someone of and destroy their life. Neither is timely reporting 
or even a consistent story from the alleged victims. All you need is a story. It wasn't a story. It was 10 stories or something like that. Okay, it was a lot. I mean, I've been over this a thousand times, but he's harping on this point. He's really drilling down because he wants you to believe that there was basically one person with one story. He said, she said type of situation. And there's no more reason to believe her than there is to believe him. That's simply false. And he knows it's false because he's twisting it around in a propagandistic way. You know what really sealed the deal for me? Which thing I saw that made it clear to me that Danny Master really is a complete scumbag? This is an interview between Ashton Kutcher, who played Kelso on that 70s show, Mila Kunis, who played Jackie, and Rosie O'Donnell, 2004. I'm sorry, 2002. April 2002 is when this interview happened, okay? Show's still going on. Now, when... Kelso, Ashton Kutcher, was going to have his first kiss with Mila Kunis. He was 20 years old, and she was 14 years old. That's a little weird, but okay, you know what? It's film, whatever. I guess I'll let it slide if it's just a kiss. Okay, this is the thing that pushed it over the edge for me, made me realize who Danny Masterson really is, and made me realize that they knew who Danny Masterson really was all the way back then in 2002 as well. When the show is going on, listen to this. You know what's funny is when she was she was fourteen when we started the show. I was like nineteen. No, you were twenty. Right. Right. And they're like, okay, you guys are going to be making out in this scene, and I'm like thinking, like, wait, I this is like slightly illegal, right? I was going to say that's right? probably your first kiss ever, right? It was my first kiss. Why some a bet you made with Danny about our first kiss? No. What? She seems kind of unhappy. Danny Masterson made a bet with, uh, or if you'd call it that, a bet with Ashton Kutcher about this underage girl, about kissing this underage girl. Okay? What was this bet? The first kiss. Yeah, it was like a second Ashton. or third kiss. It was the first, it was like the first week. No, it was not the first week. It was the first week. You can tell he's ashamed of this conversation because he knows it's wrong. Whatever, let me tell you what All happened. Right, well, no, let no, me tell no, you what happened. No, no, okay, yeah. so I've never kissed yeah. a guy. So okay. I, was, I was so, I mean, you know, Ash was attractive, and yeah. I was a 14-year-old little girl, and I was extremely scared for my life. Sure. And it, he, he was very nice about it. He was like, oh, don't worry. So I was like, okay. Then He's comforting her. He's being nice. He's saying, you're not going to have to worry about a thing. You know, it's just a simple little kiss, and uh, it'll be over before you know it, and we're just going to continue on with the scene. That, that was nice of him. Uh, you know, I've heard some actresses, or one specific actress, I forget which one, when she finds out that she has, like, a, I don't know, like a naked scene with somebody in a movie or something, and she feels kind of nervous about whatever, she'll be in a room with the people that she's going to have the scene with beforehand. You know, they're just walking around on set doing their thing, and she'll just flash them real quick and then put it back down just to break the tension and get it out of the way. I thought it was kind of a funny story. Not really related. Uh, she was 14 years old, underage. So Ashton Kutcher is about to kiss a 14-year-old on the lips. Let's, uh, let's continue. Don't worry. So I was like, okay. Then Danny goes and goes, dude, I'll give you $10 if you French kiss her. What would uh, Danny says, I will give you $10 if you French kiss her, if you assault her, a 14-year-old. Dude's 20, and if you assault this girl, this 14-year-old girl, I'll give you 
The story changes a little in a second, and you'll hear that. It, it gets worse, surprisingly. They knew what kind of person Danny was, all the way back in 2002. Stick my stick your tongue in my mouth or some. What? No, 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 no. For Ten dollars. You're making it sound like it was like really. Uh, it, okay, Dan, we had a little side bet yeah, going. Yeah. Like, Which was? It wasn't very As to whether or not, you know, like you know, you're kissing on the show or boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. You would use tongue, right, Rosie? I, I mean, you would. You, you, it I depends mean, what kind of an actor you are. I absolutely, guess. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So Danny bets me like twenty bucks that I wouldn't do. This is stuff you should be discussing beforehand. It seems to me. Yeah. So Danny bets me like 20 bucks that I wouldn't do it. And of course I'm like, yeah. Oh, it went from 10 to 20. He bet him 20 bucks he wouldn't assault this 14-year-old girl. Sure, what's the deal? You and know? then the cop showed up and he got arrested <laughs> pretty much. Isn't that an interesting little line from uh, Rosie O'Donnell too? And then the cop showed up and you got arrested. They knew it was wrong back then. They knew it was wrong all the way back then. Now, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher ended up together. I don't know about their weird relationship. It's not about them. It's about the fact that everybody knew that Danny Masterson was a little weird, that he was like that all the way back in 2002. Everybody in his circle that knew him knew that about him. We have the evidence right in front of us. And for some weird reason, Matt Walsh is defending a racist. Or even a consistent story from the alleged victims. All you need is a story. You don't need a story. Danny Masterson's case demonstrates that. No, it doesn't. For one thing, that means that our judicial system isn't exactly functioning the way that it should, but you already knew that. No, it is. That's the thing. It's not supposed to be a two-tiered system. Everybody's supposed to get an equal shot at justice. Danny Masterson all the way down to the lowest person that you've ever met. From the highest to the lowest, they should all have a fair shot. They don't, unfortunately. Danny Masterson had a lot of money to hire a lot of good lawyers. But guess what? Despite those good lawyers, he still lost. That should tell you something. What Masterson's case also means, if you think about it from the perspective of the government, is that accusations of are trivially easy to use as political weapons. Masterson's own case doesn't appear to be political, but it shows how easy it could be. Oh, it doesn't appear to be political, huh? That's weird, isn't it? No, it's not that easy, actually, to accuse somebody and have it be believed, sadly. You need a number of corroborating witnesses independently who've gone through these experiences independently of each other and describe the same thing in their stories you know, match up throughout time. They don't change for anybody to believe them. I mean, people say believe all victims. Unfortunately, people believe almost none of the victims. Unfortunately, the world that we live in, the accused still have an edge. They're still believed more often than not. But Matt Walsh, for some reason, wants to convince people that it's the accused that's really the victim here. And has been to use a accusation to achieve a political end. You'd hate to think that false stories about could ever be deployed for these kinds of purposes to ruin the lives of influential voices who challenge the people in power. Sure, yeah, you know what? False accusations happen. Do you know what percentage that happens? You know what rate that happens at? It's hard to tell what percentage are false, but let, let me put it this way. You guys remember uh, Jussie Smollett? 
where he put like he, you know he put the rope around his neck and he did the whole thing all that it was all fake you remember that and the police genuinely believed him from start to finish they believed him who wouldn't he was a famous actor at the time he was black he was gay there was reason to hate him and it made complete sense that something like this would have happened to him this is a, a plausible thing to have happened to Jussie Smollett and the police captain I think or the, the guy leading the investigation was black he understood the type of persecution that that community deals with on a daily basis and he eventually came to the correct conclusion that Jussie Smollett lied about all of it when detectives put their minds to things and they really want to know the answer they find it it's hard to hide something from a couple of really determined detectives it looks like according to the statistics that we have really hard to tell for sure false reports of sexual assault are dramatically overestimated poorly constructed studies and a lack of understanding of the dynamics of sexual assault contribute to the problem in rigorous research rates of false reports are consistently very low ranging from 2% to 10% this is similar to rates of false reports for other crimes in spite of these statistics misconceptions are repeated in many ways false reports are a common trope in fiction see of mice and men to kill a mockingbird numerous TV shows such as law and order and receive significant media attention the UK tabloid the Daily Mail used the words cries in 54 headlines in 2012 this page will describe research on the issue blah 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 and they did some research apparently it's a college research paper that was done nobody believes the victim unless in in all seriousness in reality they don't believe the victim unless there's some kind of hard evidence unless there's some good reason to believe them you know corroborating witnesses that are independent of each other and didn't know each other this false accusation thing happens way less often than you would think sure it happens and it's wrong and they should be charged for filing a false police report and they should be sentenced to whatever they were trying to get the other person sentenced to I mean whatever let's go all the way but it's so ridiculously uncommon it's certainly not common to have 10 8 to 10 independent women come out and independently corroborate each other's stories about how things played out with Danny Masterson I can't even believe this dude why is it that Republicans always defend these people why I can't believe Bill Cosby's reputation was uh, was not rehabilitated why wasn't Bill Cosby's reputation fixed by people like Matt Walsh is it because he's on the left or what I don't know but increasingly that's exactly what's happened a couple of days ago the influential comedian and commentator Russell Brand uploaded this video explaining that he's now being accused of sexual assault by multiple media outlets watch okay so I just want to talk about Russell Brand for a second the person that accused him of attacking her filed a police report that night the night it happened uh, I believe got a kit done at a hospital I could be wrong on that one and even has text messages from that time from him saying I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I shouldn't have done that blah 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 doesn't get more clear-cut than this as far as I can tell he hasn't been through the judicial system yet 
I believe personally Russell Brand is a rapist, just like Danny Masterson, except Danny Masterson has been through the judicial system. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Now, this isn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack, and undermine the news in all its- By the way, if you don't know Russell Brand, he's a far-right nutcase. Think Joe Rogan, except he went way, 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 way off to the right. I mean, Joe Rogan has moved right, but Russell Brand is in la-la land. He thinks January 6th was a staged setup and- the election was stolen, vaccines are trying to kill people and depopulate. Blah, 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 blah. Borderline QAnon. That's what Russell Brand is, for real. It's corruption because in this story, I am the news. I've received two extremely disturbing letters, or a letter and an email. One from a mainstream media TV company, one from a newspaper listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks, as well as some pretty stupid stuff like uh, my community festival should be stopped, that I shouldn't be able to attack mainstream media narratives on this channel. But I'm sorry, what? What the hell is he talking about? What does this have to do with the fact that you were credibly accused of raping somebody? I'm lost. Midst this litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. Uh, okay. Refuting implies he's going to give us counter evidence, right? So you're going to refute it by giving us evidence that you didn't do it? Is that what you're saying? These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies. And as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was well, that was a weird cut. If you're listening and not watching, let's just I don't know if you knew this about YouTube. You can hit the comma and the period and and move forward and backward. That is a really weird place to cut, isn't it? Between the word always and the word consensual? Absolutely, always consensual. I mean, the audio sounds seamless, but why cut there? What could he have possibly said between those two words that he didn't want in the final product? That was kind of strange, okay. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question, is there another agenda at play? Oh yeah, he's gonna blame the mainstream media, the deep state, the elites. They're after him, right? Come on, man. Again, I say, why is Matt Walsh why is Russell Brand, why are right-wingers like this always, always, always defending fists? I want to know. Somebody please tell me. Why is it that you can be charged and convicted of doing this, and if you're on the right, nobody will believe that it happened. No one will believe that you did it. Why? And, and in addition to that, do you really want to be a part of this movement? Do you want to be in something that excuses this type of behavior? Doesn't just excuse it, but erases it. Blames the other person. What the hell is going on in society right now? Matt Walsh is disgusting. I've known that about him for a long time. And he will say pretty much anything he can to catch attention. As absolutely absurd as he can possibly be. He doesn't care if he gets bad press as long as he's getting press. He'll say whatever it takes. 
like his buddy Michael Knowles, works for the same company, The Daily Wire. Michael Knowles at CPAC, I don't know, uh, 2023 CPAC, I think. Yeah, it was uh, March 4th, 2023. Goes out there on stage, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Big conference for every conservative in America and overseas and other places. Goes out there. And he says this about, quote-unquote, transgenderism, right? Listen to this. Especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology... You catch that? Transgenderism must be eradicated from society entirely. Does that sound very free speech to you? He said it because he knew it would catch attention. He knew it would get eyeballs over to his movement. Exactly like what Matt Walsh is doing. Say the most egregious, ridiculous thing possible. Defend the most disgusting person you can imagine. Defend as many as you possibly can hell go out there and start talking about how great of a guy bill cosby was and you'll get attention doesn't matter if it's good attention or bad it matters that you're getting attention that's what matters that's the formula that these people use now i can't use that formula because i'm not a scumbag and people won't expect me to be a scumbag you know my fans if i said some crazy stuff like are actually good people if I said something like that my fans would be rightly horrified and permanently walk away be like I'm done but Matt Walsh says this and he's got a group of cheerleaders in the back screaming for like hype men screaming his name this is just wrong how did we get here where it's not just socially acceptable but socially preferable on the right to defend fists, to claim they never did it when they've been tried, convicted, and sentenced already. Blows me away. Let me know what you think about it in the comments, man. Next, we're going to talk about people at a recent Trump rally having absolutely no understanding of how government works. Doesn't really matter anyways. There's a cult that formed around him. The cult existed for longer than you'd think, too. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. No man can endure what you have endured. Do you, do you realize that God is behind you and strengthening you? Holy Christ on a cracker, bro. There is a full-blown cult behind Donald Trump right now, and he knows there is. But what's interesting about this cult is that it hasn't always existed for Donald Trump, but it's existed for a long, long time. So let me just show you some examples of what I'm talking about and expand upon what this cult is and, and the things that it does. First, let's listen to the rest of the clip. Let's just listen to the whole thing. Check this out. I want to thank you, President, for all that you've done. And, and I, I... This is a question at his rally, I guess. question I want to ask you is, I'm, I'm telling you, no man can endure what you have endured. No man can endure what you've endured. 
Well, I don't know about you, but I've read the book Night by Ellie Wiesel, and that dude endured some shit. It was about a Jewish kid at a concentration camp at Auschwitz who lost his father, I think just weeks before being liberated by Americans, I believe. And the horrors detailed by that guy in what happened to him, how he escaped and, and what his life was like and everything else. Horrific stuff. Horrific stuff. I'll just give you an example of some of the things that were going on at the time. There's this book called Ordinary Men by Chris Browning, I believe. And it, it talks about how ordinary men turned into Nazi hardline extremists. There was a time where Hitler did not control everything yet. And he, as he conquered more and more of Europe, you know, Holland and Denmark and blah, 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 he gained more power and he took extra steps to be even more horrific in a lot of ways. And there's a point in time, at the very beginning of what they call the Jew hunt, where they openly said, we're taking Jews out and that's it. At the very beginning of that, they sent Nazi soldiers around to round up everybody in the town that was Jewish, have them hold a rope or, or tie them to the rope or whatever, walk them out of the town, have them dig a ditch that was 6 feet, 10, 12 feet deep, which is a lot of work, by the way. It takes hours and hours, days maybe, to, to dig a ditch that deep, even with 100, 150, 200 people helping you. It's, it's hard work. They dug a ditch, and while they're digging the ditch, the Nazi soldiers are sitting on their trucks getting drunk. And they told the people to line up along the ditch, just this first batch. You know, your mother and father and your aunts and uncles, they went first. They stood together side by side while the drunk Nazis shot them in the back of the head on the neck. Not on the head, but the neck. Because if they shot the head, it'd make a mess. If they shot the neck, it would kill them and it would be less messy. So aim for the neck. You are standing there, you see your your mom and your dad, your aunts and your uncles fall into the pit dead. Your cousins are next, they line them up. These Nazi soldiers aim at the neck, pull the trigger, they fall into the pit that they just spent hours digging, and that's it, lights out. I can't think of a worse thing for somebody to endure than that somebody there was actually a person that survived that the nazi soldier didn't feel right about it so a lot of nazis didn't feel right about what they were doing that's why they were getting drunk because they didn't like what they were doing so they would you know miss a lot quote unquote they'd miss all the time and uh, there's a story of one guy who got shot in the leg and fell into the ditch and his mom and dad fell on top of him dead of course, as the next line came along. He climbed out of the pit and survived to tell his story. Again, Ordinary Men, great book if you want to give it a read. But that's when Hitler realized that human beings just are not supposed to kill people. They're just not. They're just, we aren't designed to kill other human beings. And when we do, it really f***s us up. 
So he he tried to industrialize the process, and the people who didn't seem to have any problem with it at all with pulling that trigger, who had perfect aim every time, who just were completely unaffected, obvious psychopathy type 2, sociopathy, he put them to work at those camps. Auschwitz and uh, Dachau, I think it's pronounced, and others, you know? He put them to work there, and they did some absolutely horrific stuff. People who probably would have ended up being serial killers if they hadn't found themselves in that exact spot at that exact moment. Absolute psychotic nutcases. Zealous extremists who were out to hurt anybody that they could. Now, what was it that this guy said? Let's just listen again. I want to thank you, President, for all that you've done. And, and I, a question I want to ask you is, I'm, I'm telling you, no man can endure what you have endured. No man can endure what you have endured. With that context in mind, that is a, a truly, deeply disgusting thing for this guy to have said, right? A truly disgusting thing. This is by no stretch of the imagination the only example either of Donald Trump being praised as the only guy who could have done it, been treated worse than anybody in the history of the world. No one else could do it. He's so strong when he's a, he's a scumbag. He's just a scumbag. That's it. That's his personality trait, scumbag. You know, not an insult, an honest, objective analysis of who and what Donald Trump is. Scumbag. Just to go back to what I was saying a minute ago, here's another way people justified this stuff to themselves. People who had consciences, Nazis who had consciences, who genuinely believed in the cause, but had trouble dealing with what they were doing, you know, taking another person's life like this, an innocent civilian, somebody who didn't do anything to anybody, just an honest, innocent person. There were a couple of partners in Police Battalion 18 or something like that. I forget what it was called. One of, them, one of the partners would shoot the mother of a kid. They'd see a woman and a child at a market and they'd shoot the mom because he felt okay about shooting an adult. He, he felt he could justify it to himself. You know, they're enemy combatants. They're evil. They're part of a cabal, blah, 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 whatever. And his other partner would take the kid out because no kid should have to live without the mother. So they had a nice little system going there where they could justify it to themselves in a circular type of pattern. But Donald Trump has suffered the worst out of anybody. Absolutely. 100%. I'm telling you, no man can endure what you have endured. Do you, do you realize that God is behind you? That is a psychotic question to ask. And strengthening you? Do you realize that? Well, is I appreciate what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, too. It's been a terrible thing in so many... I understand what you're saying. It's been a terrible thing. Why didn't he say yes? Why didn't he say, yeah, I absolutely agree? I find that really interesting, that he didn't agree with what the dude said and just accept it. It was the only thing... The great gratitude I get, I'm looking at polls now where we're 50 points, 60 points up, you know, among all these people. And we're beating Biden in all these polls. No, he's not. Beating everybody. And 
Uh, we have had to endure. We endured a fake Russia, Russia, Russia thing for years. Yeah, and now he's using propaganda techniques. Anyways, the point is he gave a non-answer to this absolutely psychotic question. This stuff all fake. And think of how bad these people were. A guy like... Who? Who is these people? What does he mean by these people? Adam Shifty Shifty. He's a real bad guy. I call him pencil neck. He's got the smallest neck I've ever seen. He's not going to be playing for your local uh, teams, Iowa, Iowa State. They're not going to be recruiting him to play football. Okay. Anyways, the point is there's a cult behind Trump. Do you realize that you are chosen by God? That was the question. Let's just set aside for the moment. You are the most persecuted man in America. Just set it aside. That is psychotic in its own right. But okay, whatever. The most persecuted man ever, I'm sorry. But the fact that there is a full-blown cult behind him fascinates the hell out of me. Where did this cult come from? Who started this? How did this form? What happened? I'm, I'm telling you, no man can endure what you have endured. Do you, do you realize that God is behind you? Do you realize that God is behind you? How did this cult come to be? Well, fascinatingly, this cult has existed for a long time, and it's been formed out by Fox News over the years. Check this clip out from Jesus Camp. This is going to get a copyright hit now. Oh, God, dealing with copyright. Um, they're, you know, the owners of Jesus Camp have been pretty good about it. They've just erased the, uh, the claim and let me do it. But watch this clip for a second so you get an idea of the existence of this cult before Donald Trump came along. This is 2006, by the way. I just want to uh, put that out there. 2006, Jesus Camp was the documentary. Okay, we're going to welcome Mr. President now. Cardboard cutout. Well, talk to him. Say, welcome, welcome, President Bush. We're glad this is psychotic. What, what's happening here? They get a group of children together in a room, put a cardboard cutout of George W. Bush at the front of it, uh, at the front of the room. And next they tell them to give their worship to him or give their whatever, give their power or spirit or whatever to, them, to him so that he can battle the forces of evil or some other nonsense. You're here. I want you to bless him. Speak a blessing to him. Would you do that? Reach your hand to speak a blessing to him. Speak a blessing to him. I'm sorry. Not worship him, but speak a blessing to him. Didn't the Bible specifically say no idols? I seem to remember the Bible saying no idols very specifically. Do some warfare over him. Some warfare. Some warfare. He has surrounded himself with spirit-filled people. So, pray in the Spirit over him. Here he is. Speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit, so on and so forth. Here he is. Yes, come to visit us. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Point is, this cult existed long before Donald Trump came along. And George Bush, he knew this cult was here. George W. Bush, he knew it was here. Hell, I believe Reagan knew it was here, and George H.W. Bush knew it was here. 
I believe this cult was being formed out by Fox News since after Reagan, in my opinion. I believe that's when it really started taking root. That's when things started going off the rails. George Bush knew this cult existed. He knew that it was a growing presence, but he didn't take advantage of it the way that Donald Trump did. Donald Trump saw an opportunity and he seized the reins of this cult and ran with it, turned himself into their leader like nobody else. George Bush knew this cult was here and appreciated their votes and their fervor and their evangelicalism and their everything else, but he didn't feed into the cult any further than they already existed. I'm sorry. He didn't feed into the cult any further than he already had. Donald Trump fed into it. He wanted people to be members of this cult for him. So Donald Trump co-opted a cult that already existed before he even came along. So where's the cult now? Check this out. Mid-September 2023. This is at a Trump rally. I think this is in Iowa, and it's RSBN, Right Side Broadcasting Network. By the way, the guy on the right with the microphone, the dude doing the interviews, that's Marjorie Taylor Greene's boyfriend. I don't know if you guys knew that. But check this out. This woman is a member of the Trump cult. Trump, um, chances are he could be watching us right now from his plane. What message do you have to President Trump right now as he comes to uh, uh, this, this, this event? I want a picture with you, sir. You are just... You know what? God sent him down here. I promise you. He's, he's working for God. Yeah. God sent him down here. He is working for God. Big, big thing in my world. There, there's, a, there's a big picture at play here. Uh, Jesus Christ, dude. She is completely gone. She is a member of the cult, if I've ever seen one. You have one thing to say to Donald Trump. What is it you say? You were sent by God. You know that, right? Sounds familiar, doesn't it? God is behind you and strengthening you. Are you aware God is behind you and strengthening you? What is the thing she chooses to say to Donald Trump? I want a picture with you and... Sir, you are just... You know what? God sent him down here. I promise you. He's, he's working for God. Yeah. Absolutely psychotic, dude. But... The psychosis continues on because she goes even further. Mid-September 2023, same rally, just a minute or two later. Listen to what she said here. Okay. But what is Trump, under his policies, how did it benefit your life? Under Trump's policies, how did it benefit your life? Fantastic question. It's almost like he's a real journalist. Of course, he's not. He's Marjorie Taylor Greene's boyfriend, but okay. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, good. Yeah. How did it benefit you? Are you work? Are you retired? I mean, no, I'm disabled. I have a broken plate in my back. And wait, 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 wait. Did she just not give us an answer there? How did it benefit your life? Uh, it didn't, as it turns out. Oh, I'm just now realizing, oh, it didn't help me at all. It didn't help me in any way, shape or form. Yeah, maybe the wrong question to ask a Trump cult member. Under his policies, how did it benefit your life? Are you work? Are you retired? I mean, no, I'm disabled. I have a broken plate in my back. 
And uh, it really bummed me because during COVID, I was supposed to get my third surgery and have it fixed. It really bummed her because during COVID, okay. And when the doctor, a very big specialist, went to fix it, he said, where's your Medicaid? The doctor said, where is your Medicaid? Why would the doctor say, where's your Medicaid? The doctor has nothing to do with insurance billing. Isn't that like another department? Doctor's just there to do the job that they're there to do, aren't they? So what do you mean, worse by Medicaid? Well, they took by Medicaid. So I'm coming up here hoping I can get my surgery done. Well, it's interesting, right? Okay, well, I'll tell you the party that you want to vote for and the person that you want to vote for. If you want your Medicaid back, the party that has tried to expand entitlements, things that you are entitled to because you paid into it, the social safety net. Democrats have expanded consistently the social safety net, and Republicans have consistently drawn it back, attempted to cut it. Do you know that I'm paying into Social Security right now money that I will probably never see? At this rate, Republicans are going to destroy the Social Security system, if you will. It's self-sustaining. If people would stay out of it, if the government would stop borrowing from it, it would sustain. It would be fine. You know, they're going to raise the FICA taxes that you put into Social Security. They're going to raise the retirement age, do everything that they can to get more money out of it until it's completely insolvent and then taken over by a private company, basically. And it's means tested. And now you only get Social Security if you want to, blah, blah, blah. They're just going to destroy the program. That's the bottom line here. That's that's what's going to happen. Now, does this woman want that? She's really upset over the fact that she doesn't have Medicaid, which, by the way, is a social safety net program. I had Medicaid. I had a life-threatening illness when I was uh, 21. It was a terminal illness, actually, but I made it through, surprisingly. 40% chance of survival, and I made it through. 40% sounds like, you know, a, a lot to people listening right now, but when you're sitting there at the doctor and he tells you, you have a 40% chance of living, it hits a little harder, you know. And I had Medicaid at the time, and guess what? Medicaid paid $115,000 for my treatment. It's basically like chemo. It's taking a shower, washing my hair, it's coming out in clumps. I was itchy all night, all day, all night. I was sick, moving, made me vomit. I was taking 14 pills a day and an injection. I was sick, and Medicaid paid for it for me. I was supposed to be on it 12 months, that treatment. I got six months out of Medicaid, but it was enough. Medicaid saves people's lives. And guess what I am now? I am a contributing, tax-paying member of society. That's what I am now. That's what Medicaid does for people. That's what the social safety net does for people. Contributes more to society. Do we want to live in a society where people who get this illness, who get this terminal condition, just die? Do we want to live in a society where they just die because they don't have $115,000? They'll never see that much money in their lives. I've never seen that much money in my life. Do we want to live in a society like that? Or do we want to live in a society where we pay 
9% more in taxes. Everybody, across the board, 9% more. And $0.00 and 0 cents a month for medical insurance. Just 9% more in taxes across the board. And we all have health care. That's a system I want to live in. Where everybody who needs it can get their back surgery. Can get their treatment for their terminal illness. And not just six months worth either. The whole 12 months that are recommended by doctors. I want a system where everybody can get what they need out of the healthcare system. And I vote left. I vote uh, Democrat or, or whatever, whoever is on the left. Bernie Sanders, ideally. Does this woman? Of course she doesn't. She votes Republican. Right down the ballot every time. Republican, Republican, Republican. Does she think they're making her life better? Does she think that they're improving her situation? She's on Medicaid and she thinks that this is helping her? Does it get more brainwashed? So I'm coming up here hoping I can get my surgery done. Well, it's interesting, right? So she lost her Medicaid and she came to a Trump rally hoping she could get her Medicaid back so that she could get her surgery done. That is some wild <laughs> right there, man. That is wild. Check this dude out. Mid-September 2023, same rally, just a minute or two later. I just had to purchase a new car because I... A deer totaled my other one. A deer totaled, totaled my other one. It sounds like you totaled the other one. Yeah, you know, the deer had been drinking for a while, and he decided to get behind this guy's wheel and drove the uh, truck into a tree by accident. So this damn deer totaled this guy's car, right? <laughs> no, it was your stupid <laughs> that totaled the car, okay? It was just a deer that you hit. All right, but you know what? I'm being a little too nitpicky. Let's keep listening. I purchased a new car because a deer totaled my other one. And Way to take a responsibility for your actions, but okay. It just, everything, the cost of everything is way too high. And insurance, medical insurance as well. Well, fortunately, I'm on Medicare, so. Oh, you're on Medicare, huh? How about that? Sounds like a social safety net program that Republicans like Donald Trump, your God Emperor, are desperately trying to cut. Fascinating. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene's boyfriend here, Brian, I think is his name. He was the one that brought up medical care. Why did he bring that up? Do you have any idea how much money I pay every month to make sure that my little family of three have medical insurance? Take a wild guess in the chat. Just guess. Toss out numbers. I'm going to wait for a second so I can get some numbers tossed out. And then I'll tell you. I pay $2,000 a month. $2,000 per month for medical insurance for my family of three. No joke. And that does not include dental insurance or vision insurance. I, you know, if I need new glasses, I got to pay for that myself. That's just if I go to the hospital, they'll cover my bill. Most of it, at least. Probably. If I go to the right hospital, maybe. Of course, there will be co-pays and all that other stuff. You know, I go to the doctor every month. And I still have, like, my wife goes to a doctor every month. My kid goes to a doctor or whatever. 
And I still have to pay another six, seven hundred dollars a month in medical bills, along with my two thousand dollars a month that I pay in insurance for real. It's out of control and Republicans aren't trying to fix it. Okay, Republicans are trying to reverse it. They're trying to erase the social safety net that we have. They're trying to erase Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security and VA benefits and all that stuff. You think your VA benefits are safe? You're wrong. And by the way, VA benefits, the VA hospitals and everything, my dad had access to the VA hospitals and so did my mom because they were both in the Air Force and they were both honorably discharged. And they even got military pensions, both of them did, at the end of their lives. That's real, full-blown, socialized medicine, the VA is. You know, Medicare, Medicaid, that's its own social safety net insurance company. And I would like to see, ideally, Medicare and Medicaid and or Medicaid expanded out to everybody. Like, everybody can have it. Everybody does have it by default. And again, I'll pay 9% more in taxes instead of $2,000 a month. Okay? I, I would gladly pay that with a smile on my face. I'd be the first one in line every year with a check in hand, standing in line. If it meant I didn't have to pay $2,000 a month. But no, it's, uh, it's Democrats' fault. Donald Trump's going to fix it for this guy. He's even going to give him a new truck. You just sit, wait and see. Wait and see what Trump does for this guy, okay? Insurance as well. Well, fortunately, I'm on Medicare, so that helps out a lot right there. And I'm a veteran, so I've got, I've got my VA benefits. So, Just a joke, dude. These people have no clue what's going on. They are completely lost. They're in la-la land. They have no idea that Donald Trump is the one trying to stop this stuff from working for them, right? I mean, like I said, this is a full-blown cult that exists completely detached from any type of reality, any type of logical thought whatsoever. It's gone. This is Jim Caviezel. If you don't know him, he played Jesus in Passion of the Christ. He also played some... I don't know, hero in some movie that came out, The Sound of Freedom or something, in 2023, I think. I don't even know. Anyways, he's close friends with Mel Gibson. That should tell you something. You know, Mel Gibson, the uh, famous anti-Semite Mel Gibson. Anyways, uh, he's a QAnoner. Uh, this guy is Jim Caviezel. Is, believes in the whole QAnon belief system, everything. Mid-September 2023, he had this to say about Donald Trump. Listen to this. Just reaffirming even more clearly that this is a cult behind Trump. Say to Donald Trump, then when you watch this movie. You Talking about The Sound of Freedom, his new movie. You will be at peace and at rest because you, more than anyone, have done incredible things. Um, Jesus talks about that. Um. Uh, you know, faith without works is dead. First James, I believe. Jesus did not talk about that. That was not Jesus, bro. When was ja Wait, what was it he said? Faith without works is dead. First James, I believe. Wait, is there a, is there a second James? What was it? <laughs> okay, hang on. Uh, you know, faith without works is dead. 
first James, I believe. Okay, let, let me let me just look this up. Okay, so the book of James, it's just a book. It's just James. There's no first James to it. But the verse is James 2, 14 to 26, apparently. And he's rebuking those who claim to have faith in Jesus, but, but don't show it by their good works, so on and so forth. Okay. He can't even get, like, claims to be a, a Bible-believing Christian. He can't get the most basic stuff right. Okay. James, I believe, but it is dead. And Donald Trump, people talk about how private he is about his faith. Well... No, he's just, I don't, I believe that Trump is a, the first atheist president, truthfully. Maybe Obama. I don't know. I don't think Trump believes in anything except for Trump. That's it. That's what he believes in. Donald Trump. He's getting it done for our Lord and Savior. Getting it done. And our Judeo-Christianity, when you go back to David, you know, Trump is like that. Here's a boy that was called out. Many people didn't like him, including his own. I'm talking about David now. I guess the dude wanted to clarify that he was talking about David because he didn't want to, like, give anybody the impression that he's <laughs> on Trump. Okay. <laughs> it was called out. Many people didn't like him, including his own. I'm talking about David now. His own father. And he was selected by God, and I believe Donald Trump was selected by God Almighty. And I'm talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God. So he says Trump has been selected by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to be the blah, 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 whatever, the Messiah. And he listened to the voice and probably didn't think he was the best guy, or maybe he thought he was the best guy, because in my opinion, he... Of course he thought he was the best. Are you kidding me? Of course Trump thought he was the best guy. He thinks he's the best guy in every situation. thought he was the best guy, because in my opinion, he's pretty great. <laughs> it's just painful. It is painful and sad to see these people desperate, desperate to make Trump out to be some martyr, some hero. I mean, one more time. Listen to the clip from the very beginning. Listen one more. I want to thank you, President, for all that you've done. And, and I, a question I want to ask you is, I'm, I'm telling you, no man can endure what you have endured. Do you... Dude, let's look. Just zoom in and look at Donald Trump's face as this is said, okay? Let's zoom right in on this puppy. I know it's entirely too close to Donald Trump's face. You never wanted to be that close to his face, but you know what? Here we are. I want to thank you, President, for all that you've done. And, and I, a question I want to ask you is, I'm, I'm telling you, no man can endure what you have endured. Do you, do you? Oh, yeah, except for the Jews that were lined up along ditches that they had just built or that they had just dug and then shot in the back of the neck by Nazis. I guess those people count, you know, those people probably endured a little bit more than Donald Trump. The dude that was shot in the leg instead of the back of the neck because the Nazi soldier just couldn't deal with it anymore and, and didn't want to kill anymore, despite hating that person to the death. But no, no, it's Trump. You realize that God is behind you? Is he smiling? It's so grainy, it's hard to tell. It's strengthening you. 
Do you realize that? Well, I appreciate what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, too. It's been a terrible thing in so many ways. The only thing, the great gratitude I get, I'm looking at polls now where we're... Dude, it's just painful. I don't believe that Trump believes in anybody but himself. Not for a second. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Does Donald Trump believe in God? Does he believe in anybody except for Donald Trump? Tell me what you think. Next, we're going to talk about the anti-vax world getting really detailed in their conspiracy theories. It's actually fascinating to watch them explain contradictory beliefs. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. I'm sure you've seen the pictures all over the internet of people who've had these shots and now they're magnetized. They can put a key on their forehead, it sticks. They can put spoons and forks all over them and they can stick. Because now we think that there's a metal piece to that. Who is we? Jesus Christ! This is a woman named Sherry Tenpenny. I'm sure you're probably familiar with her after all these years of the anti-vax nutter buttery. She has been at the forefront of this battle against disinformation. She's spreading it, and I'm fighting it, basically. So anyways, uh, she claimed that we could stick keys to our forehead and stuff. Like, I've had, like, four vaccines at this point. I can't stick anything metal. Wait, I don't even have anything metal around, do I? Doesn't doesn't a pen have something metal in it? It's not sticking to me, see? Weird, huh? Nothing's sticking to me. How about that? Turns out it was a lie all along. Well, I wanted to cover some of her lies because they got really specific and those lies persist to today. It, this video isn't even just about Sherry Tenpenny. In fact, it's really not about Sherry Tenpenny. It's about the fact that her claims that she made continued on and gained a life of their own. So let's talk about it. Let's watch one of her appearances on The Stu Peters Show, late January 2022. If you don't know Stu Peters, he's gigantic. He's got a massive podcast. He's on the far, far right. Like, flat earth, you know, aliens are running the world type deal. Like, Alex Jones, full-blown. Alex Jones, but worse, basically, if you can imagine. Seriously. Turning the friggin' frogs gay. I wouldn't be surprised if this dude has, like, tinfoil all over his windows and everything. But anyways, that's Stu Peters. So Sherry Tenpenny goes on his show, and she really outlines the anti-vax beliefs and ideals, for lack of a better term, late January 2022. Listen to how she frames it up here. Stated goal is to depopulate the planet, and the ones that are left either make them chronically sick or turn them into transhumanist cyborgs. So she's saying that the stated goal of the deep state, presumably is to turn everybody into transhumanist cyborgs. Okay, I'm listening. Let her cook. Maybe she has more to say. It could be controlled by and, and um, manipulated externally by 5G, by magnets, by all sorts of things. Now, I by magnets or 5G. Again, I'm not magnetic. Okay, four vaccines, not magnetic. Never was. I, in fact, I'm aiming to get another vaccine. Look, here's some metal. It's my wallet chain. See? Doesn't stick to me. How about that? That's super weird, isn't it? Huh. And and you know what else? I've had 5G on my phone for about two years, okay? 
I live in New York City. We've had 5G since day one. This is like the rollout area. And I had all four vaccines. Give me a break. How does anybody buy this? It's insane. Well, the sad thing is people did buy it. And they ran with it. We're going to talk about it. Keep listening. I got dragged through the mud by the mainstream media when I said that in May of last year in front of the House Committee in Columbus. She got dragged for saying that in front of the House Committee. I think that was the clip you saw at the beginning where she said, you know, we're magnetized and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? It's all true. No, no, it's not. Literally none of it came true. Literally none of it was true. It's all true. They talk, you know, the whole issue of quantum entanglement and how what these shots do in terms of the the uh, the frequencies and the electronic frequencies that come inside of your body and hook you up. That's what she said to the Internet of Things, the quantum entanglement that happens immediately after you're injected and you get hooked. up. Quantum entanglement happens immediately after you're injected. OK, when somebody uses the word or the term quantum entanglement, you know, they have no clue what they're talking about. I read a book by Brian Greene called The Fabric of the Cosmos that is extremely technical. It's not for the average, you know, just sit down, I just want to do some light reading kind of person. No, it's not It's not for that type of person. It's when you want to understand how something works, this guy shows you the math behind all of it and explains quantum entanglement and all of the, all quantum physics to his knowledge it's extremely fascinating but she doesn't understand anything about quantum entanglement i do because i have read that book and i've studied it heavily on my own she has no idea what she's talking about sounds like deepak chopra over here you up to the internet of things the quantum entanglement that happens immediately after you're injected and you get hooked up to what they're trying to develop it's called the the hive mind and they who is they? They are trying to develop the hive mind? What? All of us there as a node and as an electronic avatar that is an exact replica of us, except it's an electronic replica. It's not our God-given body that we were born with. And all- I, I, Wait, is she describing the premise of the Matrix right now? It sounds like she's describing the Matrix. All of, the, all of that will be running through the metaverse that they're talking about. All of these things are real, Stu, all of them. No, they're not. And it's happening right now. So I didn't, it's not some science fiction thing happening out in the future. It's happening right now in real time. Yeah. No, it isn't. Jesus Christ, dude. Okay, so there was her gish gallop of nonsense. Check this dude out. This is Rick Wiles, mid-October 2021. So give you a little context for the time. This was after Biden had been inaugurated. This is about nine months later this is one of the people that claimed that donald trump is going to win the election by the way he's on direct tv this guy is he has a tv show on direct tv no joke oh it's called true news that's what it is true news is what his his tv show is called anyway just listen to what he had to say october 2021 we were rolling out vaccines and things were starting to slow down a little bit now because Everybody was largely getting vaccinated for the most part. Now listen to this. This is a global coup d'etat by the most evil cabal of people on the planet in the history of mankind. And if it is not stopped in the very near future, they will win. Okay, I don't know who they is again. And it 
wasn't stopped in the very near future, presumably, right? So did they win or what? The word cabal comes from the term Kabbalah, which is like a Jewish mysticism practice or whatever. Even the name that they've given to the group that they don't like is anti-Semitic. Maybe he doesn't even realize that. But even the name he uses points to the Jews did it. That's what's at stake, control of the world. They're planting, they're putting eggs in people's bodies. We, if you didn't see yesterday's True News, you need to watch it. It's an egg that hatches into a synthetic parasite and grows inside your body. I mean, do I even need to debunk this? Is there something I need to say about this, honestly? That is insane! And of course, absolutely no evidence whatsoever for it. This dude was going off half-cocked or whole-cocked, whichever, however many cocks there were, whatever, claiming all kinds of nonsense with absolutely no evidence to back it up. Of course! Did we expect any less from Trump cult members like this guy? Sadly, Rick Wiles and Sherry Tenpenny and others, you know, other large influencers, Stu Peters, set the stage for what would come next. This is like a sci-fi nightmare. And it's happening in front of us. I mean, did you ever think maybe if it's so crazy, it's unbelievable that maybe it's just not true? You ever consider that as a possibility, Rick? Anyways, so there's a, a couple named Hope and Tivon. Hope and Tivon, who decided to go through this whole explanation on Stu Peters Network. This is on Stu Peters Rumble channel and his Telegram and his everything. Stu Peters with damn near a million subscribers, listeners, and, and everything across his whole thing gave these people a voice. This is the state of the anti-vax movement now. September 20th, 2023, anti-vaxxers were given this platform by Stu Peters to spread this nonsense. Listen to this. I'm going to try to debunk it as we go along. When you're doing the scan and you see a whole bunch of addresses come. That's Hope speaking right there. When you're doing the scan and you see a whole bunch of addresses come up. Mm. So basically the addresses that are part of a device, they'll say like Oppo for the phone or they'll say, you know, Toyota if it's a Bluetooth coming from a car. Sure, sure. I suppose when I'm searching for Bluetooth devices, it pops up a little name on occasion. Okay. But if you see what looks like this right here, which is uh, six pairs of numbers with... Then it's probably a MAC address for the Bluetooth device, is my guess. That's the real answer. Which means that the person set their phone or their device or their whatever to be anonymous. They just don't want it to appear as Owen's phone or Owen's iPhone or I don't know, Kylie's AirPods or whatever other thing. So they set it to anonymous. That's what that means. What does Hope believe it means? Uh, six pairs of numbers with colons between them. This is an anonymous MAC address. So Yes, it's anonymous, correct. 
People want to be anonymous sometimes. That's how you know that that's coming from a human body. And what? We just took a massive leap in the wrong direction. Where the hell did that come from? This is coming from a human body is what she claimed. Okay, she claims that, let me tell you, because I watched this whole thing, and it was like two hours long or something. I'm just giving you like a couple clips here. She claimed that when you receive an injection, you know, when you get the shot or whatever, when you get the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, they inject a microchip under your skin, which is apparently also a liquid because it goes to your brain. Evidently, I mean, according to her, and it sticks, ma it's possible to stick magnets to your forehead and all over your body, but it stays cohesive because it has a solid MAC address for a Bluetooth device. Like, why would the government even use Bluetooth for this? Why would they use a band that was easily accessible by anybody or that would show up on a phone in the first place? Like, none of this makes any sense. There are so many holes to poke in this. It's ridiculous. So you see a MAC address of a Bluetooth device. It's not a phone trying to be anonymous. It's a human body that got the vaccine injected into them and uh, liquid blah, 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 blah. address. So that's how you know that that's coming from a human body and not well, I, a I, device. I wanted to ask. And the host, the Stu Peters host, she kind of, you know, <laughs> she pokes a hole for me. I didn't even have to do it. I wanted to ask about this because is it possible? Now, I, I had been in shopping centers, for example, before and other public like places and search for Bluetooth and so many come up, but I'd never seen hundreds of these just, you know, 12 pair, uh, six pair um, a, a, a anonymous addresses come up like I do now. You're at a, a mall and you see hundreds of anonymous Mac addresses pop up. Okay, go on. It's yes. impossible that, that, that all these people could be setting their devices to anonymous for is it possible that all these people are setting their devices to anonymous? She's poking the hole for me. I didn't even have to bother. She's pointing that out for me. That, that, that all these people could be setting their devices to anonymous, for example. It, just dead silence. I love it. Uh, oh, you mean like just... Well... Their phones. Like there's... <laughs> he knew what she meant. He knew exactly what she meant. She stated it perfectly clearly. And he's like, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. Oh, no. Uh, oh, you mean like just... Well, their phones. Like they're setting their phone devices to anonymous. Um, I, I, I guess potentially, but... I guess potentially. Oh, th then the answer is yes, is what you're saying. So it, this anonymous address you're giving us here is not a human body. It's possibly... A, a phone that's set their address to anonymous. You know the fascinating thing about these conspiracy theorists? They actually have an explanation for why you don't find one of these anonymous MAC addresses or whatever for a Bluetooth device emanating from your grandmother. You, you pull up your phone or whatever and you look at the app and see any nearby Bluetooth devices and none of them are anonymous.
you isolate everything and everything is all explained. Your grandma does not have an anonymous MAC address coming from her. They even explained that one away. Well, you know, you need all these different bands like 5G and 4G and LTE and EMF and blah, blah, blah to activate this stuff. This is just insane, dude. Let me tell you something about Bluetooth devices. Even hypothetically speaking, hypothetically, let's pretend for a moment that they could inject a chip into your body. It would have to be really, really small to fit through a needle. Like really small. And the needle would have to be really big to be able to accommodate any chip that could fit through it, right? But okay, sure. Let's pretend that they injected a chip into our bodies, whatever. They would then need to hook up the Bluetooth to another system like an Arduino or something that could set, like, um, interpret the data and then transmit it out elsewhere and bring it in or whatever. And what, what's the point of the chip anyways? Is it what, like a sensor or what is it? What's the point? Are they sensing our movement? Are they sensing our weight? Are they reading like what? I don't know. Jane Derp brings a really good point to the table too. Don't Bluetooth devices need a battery? Yes, as a matter of fact, that's a good point. Yes, they do. They need a battery. How do you get around that problem? Are you telling me they just never need a battery? They're just never going to run out of a battery? What, are they powered by your movement or some other nonsense? So many holes to poke, so little time. Everyone doing it at the same time at any given place. I don't believe that's the case because we're... Oh, I don't believe that's the case. Oh, okay. Creatures of habit. And a lot of people, it's just, you know, put it on their phone, try and pair it to a device. You know, if they want to connect to something or the Bluetooth is always on because, you know, they, they might connect to their Bluetooth uh, from their phone to their car when they're going driving and then they go into the mall. I mean, they can still connect their Bluetooth to all that stuff. It's just going to be anonymous. It's just not going to be easily recognizable as a name by any other person that's just like walking by or whatever. It's not like, oh, you can't use Bluetooth if it's in an anonymous mode. Like, what the hell are you talking about right now? From their phone to their car when they're going driving and then they go into the mall. Um, I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think what we're seeing is a, is a genuine situation where people are emitting these codes and they're not aware of it themselves unless they're willing to do the tests. Okay, great. Let's do the tests. That sounds perfectly fine to me. Let's do it. And what does the test entail? The test entails putting a Faraday cage around yourself and then checking for Bluetooth. I'll tell you what'll happen. Nothing. Nothing will happen if you actually did this. But these people, these three people, the host on uh, Stu Peters Network and then Hope and Tivon Rivers or whatever, claim to have some kind of uh, evidence, some studies that have been done or whatever, and they're going to cite the studies. You just wait. They're going to cite those studies for you. It's ridiculous, dude. Every last bit of this is ridiculous. And this is all inspired by Sherry Tenpenny. She made all of this possible. She made it all happen. She provided the groundwork required for this anti-vax movement to get off the ground. The way that these um, Bluetooth codes from a person 
This is Hope speaking. They they need to be activated by EMF in order to. Oh, there you go. There's her explanation right there for why you can't go up to your grandma and check to see if she has a MAC address since she got vaccinated. They have to be activated by EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, like microwaves and all of the other stuff that the sun releases on a daily basis, all of the other radioactive waves that we're exposed to day to day, you know, electromagnetic frequencies, right, yeah, perfect. So we have to be exposed to frequencies that we're already exposed to for this to to work properly okay go on and that ping back to the 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 device that's reading it right Right. so people can have a bluetooth code Mm -hmm. uh in them i guess from whatever technology is in them but they're not necessarily always showing up on somebody's scanning device but if you're in a place that has a lot of emf a lot of 5g then maybe that's activating everybody's code. So it depends on the location and whether or not those codes are being activated or simulated by that EMF at that point in time. So that's just something to always keep in mind. Um, and It's a nice, easy little out that she gave herself for why you can't just walk up to your vaccinated grandma, turn your phone Bluetooth on, and find some anonymous MAC address that's consistently the same Every single time you look. But you know what? I would be willing to bet that some of the people listening to this Stu Peters Network report are going to go to a mall with their vaccinated grandma and sit down and look at all of the Bluetooth devices that they can connect to and look for any MAC addresses that they see that are consistent or the same across, you know, multiple visits. And when they find MAC addresses that are exactly the same across multiple visits, they're like, that must be your MAC address. By the way, a MAC address is simply a hard-coded, basically like a serial number for lack of a better... I mean, very, very dumbed down. It's used for other things, but it's like a serial number for a specific piece of hardware that connects... That has internet connectivity or any kind of connectivity, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, whatever. So Bluetooth devices have MAC addresses because they have connectivity. They're sending out a signal. And when they're anonymous, they're showing you their serial number instead, basically. It's it's what's happening here. To always keep in mind. um, And we've seen that in some of the tests as well. We've seen that in some of the tests. Hang on, let's step back. Listen again. That has a lot of EMF, a lot of 5G, then maybe that's activating everybody's code. So it depends on the location and whether or not those codes are being activated or simulated by that EMF at that point in time. So that's just something to always keep in mind. Um, and- Again, a nice little scapegoat explanation for why you won't see your grandma's EMF or your grandma's MAC address. We've seen that in some of the tests as well. We've seen that in some of the tests. And I wonder what tests those are. So this guy's about to explain how all of this supposedly works from a technical perspective. By and large, I think he's correct from a technical perspective about Bluetooth. But then he injects this whole human element to it, and it just goes right off the rails. Listen to this. Uh, Hospital, basically furniture, have sensors on them 
so that it's constantly picking up data about the environment and the patient. Wait, wait, do they hospital furniture has Bluetooth sensors? Like, Are you talking about like hospital beds? Because I guess that would make sense. A hospital bed could potentially feasibly have a sensor, but... I seem to remember nurses walking in and specifically checking, like hitting a button and checking my weight or checking whatever, you know, sensor that they they have there. They didn't have it being sent to like another location automatically. Doesn't sound right, but okay, go on. Um, during treatment and while they're at the hospital. So these sensors would be connected to equipment uh, then connected to, in this case, an Arduino, which is a simple uh, processing circuit. There's the link that he didn't want to tell you about. There's the link that he's been trying to avoid this entire time. Let me tell you what an Arduino is. I've been working with Raspberry Pis for years. I love Raspberry Pis, okay? And I'm a programmer originally, a software engineer, server administrator, I did server administration for two years. I did software engineering for six. They overlapped with each other. I know how all of this stuff works by and large. An Arduino is a little device that it's, it's a, a printed circuit board basically that gives you the ability to take that signal from Bluetooth, from a Bluetooth MAC address or device or whatever. It gives you the ability to take that that data and do something with it, send it somewhere, interpret it, uh, decode it, whatever. Because Bluetooth is actually a very, very complex wireless standard, for lack of a better term. There are a number of different wireless standards. There's 802.11a and then b and c and g and n and all kinds of others, right? And a lot of the time, B and G correspond with 2.4 gigahertz bands, and N corresponds with 5 gigahertz bands. It, it just kind of depends, and maybe that's outdated information. Maybe it's different now. I don't know. But it's basically like different bands, different bandwidths correspond to different types of wireless connectivity, for, for lack of a better term. So Bluetooth is one of those bands, just like 802.11a, b, g, and n, just like 2.4 gigahertz, 5 gigahertz, or whatever. It's its, its own standard, its own wireless standard, its own band. And it has to be picked up by something. It has to be received by something. It can't just be received by something from anywhere. Bluetooth is a an extremely short range band. You know, I have this little this little like light socket thing. You know, you you plug an outlet into it. Like you plug a light into this outlet. You plug the outlet into the wall. And then you hit a button on the side of the outlet and it connects to your Alexa or whatever through Bluetooth. And you can tell your computer, your, your Alexa or whatever, to turn your light on or turn your light off or whatever. It's very, very convenient. If you don't have that already, maybe you should get one. But it uses Bluetooth. Only the Bluetooth socket 
that's next to my side of the bed, which is furthest away. I mean, how far away is it from my router? It's got to be no more than 25 feet away. No more than 25 feet, right? And it still can't make it that far. It fails every time. It failed so much that I gave up on it. I unplugged it and started just hitting the, the power button on my light because it so consistently fails from that distance. You have to have a device clo within 25 feet, hell, within 20 feet probably, to correctly pick up on this signal that's being distributed or disseminated or sent out by people. You have to pick that signal up within 25 feet of these people with a, an Arduino or some other device that can interpret the signal being sent. And again, what is the signal for? Why did they inject this into us? What is the point? Why did they do any of this? In this case, an Arduino, which is a simple uh, processing circuit. Uh yeah, simple processing circuit. So Bluetooth chip that sends out a signal, sends it to an Arduino, which is then sent to a server or sent to a sensor or sent or whatever, and then it sends it to a laptop. Uh, to aggregate the data from the sensors and then sends that to a wireless, uh, wirelessly, uh, all this is wirelessly, through a uh, laptop or, or a router uh, going to the network and eventually the cloud, a network in the hospital, maybe a, a set of servers, then goes into the cloud. Yes, that is generally how it works. Um, beyond sure. that, the dashed bubbles, you know, cluster one, cluster two, cluster three. Those dashed bubbles are examples of sensors in beds or sensors in, like, somebody is connected to, like, a heart monitor or something. They have a sensor that sends a message, a signal. Honestly, that'd probably be connected, hardwired. That wouldn't be connected to Bluetooth because they need to know if your heart goes immediately. It's probably more innocuous stuff like Wade and things. But again, like, are they even using Bluetooth for this stuff? I'm not convinced in hospitals. But okay, sure. Hypothetically speaking, let's say they got four or five sensors at a hospital that are connected to you through Bluetooth. Okay. Do these clusters go on the dashed bubbles you know cluster one cluster two cluster three imagine that cluster being a person why would one of these clusters be a person how could that possibly be the case what is he even talking about i thought we only got oh so is he saying we got a different chip for each injection so i've had four injections i have four different chips and these chips that have been injected into me with this extremely tiny needle bizarrely are just sending out a bluetooth signal and nothing else and who's it being picked up by where is it being picked up Wh how is it being used what data would they possibly collect from me there is nothing about this that makes any sense at all any sense um that's that's the whole point i'm trying to demonstrate there show there okay well you're completely full of it you have no idea what you're talking about so they get to this little section here about studies. Perfect, right? We're looking for studies. We want to know. You know what? If this is true, I want to be aware of it too. Unfortunately, they don't give us any studies. As you can see, they don't actually give us any links to anything. The only link to be found in this entire slide that, of studies, quote-unquote, 
is a link to a propaganda film called Blue Truth. Instead of Bluetooth, Blue Truth. It's painfully stupid, dude. Seriously. Listen to what they have to say here. Here's a couple of studies. This is uh, proving that vaccinated humans are now emitting Bluetooth codes. Great proof. That's what I need. Oh, so, uh, this was a French Bluetooth study done um, on a field in France. What was a French Bluetooth study? What was it? You're not telling me. You didn't even tell me the name of the study. You didn't even tell me the name of the researcher or the team or the people involved or the anything or what journal is published in anything. I'll take anything. Hell, give me a blog name. Give me anything. They can't even do that. A study done um, on a field in France. So the French research team stopped random volunteers in the park and then separated them into two groups of vaccinated and non-vaccinated people. Um, they were then tested with their laptops, Bluetooth, and the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because uh, as we can see, if you just like zoom in a little bit here, look a little closer, you will see that non-vaccinated people are a much larger or at the very least equivalently sized group to vaccinated, right? Because most people don't want to get vaccinated because it's evil and wrong and sick and they're overplaying their numbers and blah, 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 blah. Vaccinated were registering an unnamed MAC address as each were called near from the field. So there's a link to that study so you can see how it was obvious that the people were emitting uh, Bluetooth codes. Where's the link? What link? I'm not seeing a link anywhere. I'm looking, seriously. Hopegirlblog.com has been a link along the bottom of this entire PowerPoint, so it's not that. Same as the other one, FTW Project or whatever. They've been here the entire time. Where's the link? I'm looking for the study. I want the study. If this is true, I want to be right, just like you're right. She can't even give me that. And this next thing, Bluetooth from the grave, where this, I don't know, Mexican-headed something or other basically claimed they put Faraday cages around coffins with people inside of them that were dead. They put a Faraday cage around them, and they tested for Bluetooth inside of the Faraday cage, and they got a signal from the dead person. It's just absurd on so many levels i don't even know what to do with it and of course there's no proof of any of this they haven't given us anything except for this ridiculous documentary blue truth like mike lindell's absolute proof conspiracy movie which by the way i watched recently i'm gonna be watching that maybe on my unfiltered youtube channel telltale unfiltered or oh unfiltered if you want to find it it's kind of interesting but anyway it's just absurd dude i'm asking for data they're not giving it to us look i know you guys didn't watch this this is like a two-hour video you didn't watch from the very beginning the way that i did this entire two-hour video but she says she's going to give us the evidence this is her claiming to give us the evidence this is the evidence right here that we're looking at right now embarrassing is it the link under the paragraph under her picture no it isn't that's been there this entire time like every single slide it's there and also i went to hopegirlblog.com look here see hopegirlblog.com is there ftw project is there it's there through all the entire thing 
Weirdly, it's not on this one. I don't know why. I guess they forgot it on this one. But anyway, just complete nonsense. All of it. It's all garbage. And what makes this even worse? Again, this whole thing's inspired by Sherry Tenpenny. What makes it even worse is these people have concocted a device that will help you. Sends in basically an EMP charge through your body that stops any electronics from working effectively. And if you put it at the site of the injection, because apparently the Bluetooth chip isn't a liquid. I thought it was because it got into people's brains or whatever. It's it's an actual chip and you just hit the EMP button and it sends a pulse that disrupts any or disables any Wi-Fi or any like electronic device of any sort, anything. Unfortunately, people who made these and used them also stopped their pacemakers. I don't revel in anybody's death. I feel for these people. I wish they'd come back to reality with the rest of us. But this is unglued from reality. I don't even know what to do with all of this. Seriously, I watched this for two hours earlier because I was so fascinated, so blown away by it. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. I am just fascinated by this like undercurrent of anti-vax people behind the scenes who continued on in Sherry Tenpenny's stead. Honestly, not even in her stead. She's there with them. She's continuing this stuff the same as these people are. It's fascinating. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Owen, oh, EMF is not electromagnetic frequency. It's electromotive force, a.k.a. voltage. RF is radio frequency. I'm an EE student. Also, hi. Oh, my mistake. Okay, I didn't know. EMF. Interesting. I had no idea. I thought EMF was electromagnetic frequency. Thank you for the uh, clarification. I'll make sure that makes it into the final product. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon and take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelist and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.